Hello and welcome back. This is the 48th episode of AIR, an interview podcast series with a different theme each episode. Before we get started, I want to talk about a new podcast series I've been listening to, hosted and produced by Paul Rose, also known as Scuba. His Not A Diving podcast started in January of this year and features weekly conversations with people from all over the music industry, not only DJs and musicians, but also promoters, PRs, and booking agents. As a DJ himself, Scuba's interviews are grounded in his own unique experience, and each episode really feels like a look behind the curtain, just two artists in conversation in an incredibly real and honest way. Guests have included classic picks like Levon Vincent, MJ Cole, and Surgeon, as well as lesser-known but equally important industry vets like Melissa Taylor of Tailored Communication, Chris Goss from Hospital Records, and Will Saul from K7. At a more local level, Scuba's also taking a closer look at scenes from specific cities, Anya Schneider and Cassie speak about Berlin's nightlife, for example, and a personal favorite of mine, hometown hero Jacques Green on Montreal's club culture. With a really great roster of guests so far, this really is a must-listen for anyone who loves electronic music as much as Scuba clearly does. His sharp questions and easy chemistry with his guests show off a deep knowledge and love of the scene in which he came up. It's been a real pleasure to listen to this new series, which you can find at scubaofficial.io slash podcast. I'm also moving a couple of housekeeping bits to the top of the show as well, so don't forget to follow us on Instagram at at underscore airpodcast, or visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash airpodcast. This month's guest is German-born Turkish artist Sedef Adasi, a DJ and burgeoning producer based in the city of Augsburg, Germany. Sedef is perhaps best known for Hammam Nights, her self-made event series which sees her booking not only local favorites, but big-name artists at City Club, one of her hometown's handful of electronic music clubs. Despite a jam-packed touring schedule and a new residency at Panorama Bar, Sedef isn't interested in moving to a music capital, preferring to work with friends to create all-inclusive events and workshops that foster the growth of her community. In this episode, Sedef and I discuss the story of Hammam Nights, small city living, and its impact on her creativity as a DJ and producer. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to be having this conversation. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be part of this project. I want to start with something that you said in an interview that was actually not that long ago, I think, um, which is that you started your event, Hammam Nights, because you were kind of desperate, like you'd been out in Augsburg and you felt like a lot of club nights were really just the same bookings and the same crowd that was going to them. So can you tell me a bit about that feeling that you had of this kind of desperation or this need for something that was different? 
Yeah, I mean, I was like um, searching for a specific vibe because uh, sometimes you go to Berlin or to Munich or the bigger cities and you, you see um, different parties and then you come back to Augsburg and it's like, oh, okay, it's a bit boring. It's not the vibe that you want to yeah, experience in a way or you know that there is more, that there isn't more in your city is like kind of desperating or that was like pushing me back to go out because I wasn't happy when I was going out. I, I tried to be with my friends. It was fun, but I never had this like YB um, moment mm -hmm. or not so many YB moments. Let's say it like that. That's why I was thinking about maybe running a party on my own, but it was like all uh, very difficult at that time because I was also a new DJ and like, Uh, being a DJ is something and being a promoter is something else. These are yeah. two different things and you cannot compare it. It's not the same. And I was also very like, um, I respected all the promoters in town because they yeah. run also like, okay, like good parties. But it wasn't like the vibe that I would like. And I was always like wondering if I can do it, if I can manage it. Like, how is it to book somebody? How can I, how can I write a booking agency or something like that? I didn't know that. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay. I also didn't want to ask somebody, to be honest. Sometimes yeah, you're afraid of, you know, getting bad answers or like uh, bad directions or something. And I just tried to like focus on my project. In the end, I was like, oh, maybe I'm just gonna be a DJ and it's fine. And then somehow I had the feeling like, no, that's not me. I'm gonna just try it. And if it works, I will do it. And if it flops, then I'm just gonna stop and quit. And then it's fine. I was like also afraid. It wasn't like super easy that I was like, oh yeah, I'm running a party right now. Yeah. I mean, so what was like the one step or the one thing that kind of convinced you that you could do it? Like you mentioned that you were sort of dealing with a, a bit of anxiety around how to do it and what steps to take. So what was it that pushed you to realize that you actually could do it? I think it was my curiosity and also like the kick or the moment where I just realized that if I don't do something, then I cannot know if I can do it or not. Also, when I was DJing, I never like learned DJing from somebody. Mm -hmm. I just tried it out. I tried the mixers out. I had like a controller and I was putting all the cables and it, it didn't work. It's like all learning by doing. That's what I know that you have to like try something and not to be afraid of uh, new things. Mm -hmm. And that it's also okay to make mistakes because nobody's perfect. And tomorrow I can also make different mistakes. You just have to try it out. That was the moment I was like, okay, I'm just gonna try it and if it works okay and if not then it was like maybe also my curiosity and I just I wanted it I wanted something new here and I also believed in that because I have a lot of friends here and we usually have also a cool crowd I don't want to talk bad or something but it was not the vibe that I wanted to have on my parties so, yeah, it was my curiosity maybe yeah and I guess it's also like if you hadn't tried to change something yourself then you couldn't keep complaining about how things were yeah. like, you know if nobody else is going to do it then you have to be the one to do it do you know what I mean sometimes it's that it's really that push that you need yeah totally I also realized that you have to do something if you don't take the opportunities and try it then nothing changes it's in your hand I quickly understood that um, you just have to work and you have to work hard and you cannot like expect that your party can be like oh yeah I'm running A party tomorrow and it's going to be packed no that's not going to happen well you have to think about a lot of things you have to have a vision you have to create your own style taste your own ingredients for your project 
And that's super important. It's also like key factors, I think, for, for an honest party. Yeah, I think that's really sort of relatable for anybody who wants to do something that is different to, you know, the rest of what's out there, like not just in terms of parties or even in terms of electronic music, just like anybody who's doing something creative. So do you think that that sense of desperation or like need that we've been talking about, is that really essential to making work that matters or that has meaning behind it? I think it's in a, like in these kind of smaller cities, when you compare Berlin and Oxford, Mm -hmm. it's like, maybe this need also, but I mean, you can do more parties in Berlin or in London or whatever. There's like so many good places and you can create um, every time new things. And it's always good to have new things because we grow all with these things, you know. It's nice to see also new um, influences or like new ravers, new kids, new music. It's always a process also to me. Now I have Hammam. But it's not that I'm like, oh, yeah, my party is like working and I'm, I don't care. I care a lot. Like, even if I'm going to other parties, I'm looking like, okay, what's good? What's mm-hmm. maybe not so good? What I didn't like? Maybe I can do it better also on my party. How's my party? It's always like constant working. And that's also important that uh, it stays also good, that it's not getting bored or getting boring. So do you think that you would have started Hammam Nights if you'd lived elsewhere in the world, like you mentioned, you know, Berlin and London also need to have new parties. Do you think that it was specific to living in Augsburg um, and that you wouldn't have done it if you were living elsewhere? I'm not sure. I really don't know because, I mean, there's so much going on in the other cities that you're like, you know, that there is something. So you don't have to need but also it's like, as I said, everywhere around the world, it's always good to have new things. Then you aren't afraid of the cool and big parties that you can always start small also in Berlin or I don't know. You can constantly like have new things also in the city, which flourishes also the city. So I'm not sure if I was in Berlin. Maybe I was just a party goer. I don't know. <laughs> could be, could be. Maybe it was like here. I was in my own bubble, so I didn't have like so many other obligations or other parties where I could go out. I had time to work also on it. That was maybe also essential to to create something. When you say you had time to work on it, was that just because you really decidedly took your time to figure out exactly what you wanted to do? It was really uh, unintentionally, to be honest. Like uh, there were like key moments where I just realized things. It just started with like, ah, I wish I could do my own party. Mm-hmm. Dreaming about that some years and then yeah we had like a collective I was like into it a bit to know how this works and then um, you learn some things and there were like a a few key moments where I just realized that it's super fun also to get into this also like writing a booking email like searching (laughs) for the artists how is it like with an agency how can I get the contact or something like that or how is it with the bills how do I do taxes (laughs) how do I organize a shuttle service? All um, it came while you, while I was dreaming and I, while I was thinking about how, if I could book uh, this DJ or mm. I don't know. It was more also like a process every time. And then somehow I ended up running a party. <laughs> I That resonates with me a lot because I also started my own podcast out of a similar sort of like, you know, there was stories that I really had in mind that I wanted to tell, but a lot of the publications that I was approaching just didn't want to tell them in the same way that I did. So I was like, okay, I'll just do it by myself. And it was a lot of like, 
I don't know how to do literally a single thing related to having a podcast. So I guess I'll just figure it out as I go. Um, You know, it's the same kind of things that you're talking about. How do you write to an artist and ask if they want to participate in something where you've done like, you know, one episode, getting that trust from artists, I think was a really big learning process. So yeah, how has that process been for you over the years developing your skills and finding the artists that want to work with you and that you want to work with? Uh, What has that experience been like for you? It's been really exciting also because it's like that you write an email and you don't know if you get a response. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like uh, the best uh, moment was I was booking only like local artists because I had no money Mm -hmm. and our club is like very small. So there is like, it's kind of impossible to earn money and it's not also my intention. I just want to do a nice party and that's it. I was like thinking, like I, I, run, I run my hammam nights and I was like booking locals and friends and which was really nice. But then the next step was, uh, can I book something, somebody from beyond, which I really like or I enjoy as a DJ, which I'm a fan of. How can I do it? Like I was thinking about it. Maybe I should run two or three parties. And if there's like a little bit amount of money left, then I will put it on the side. Mm-hmm. And then maybe that works. And I tried it. And then I was like, okay, I had a little amount of money. And then, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Tamazumo. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, maybe I, I will try it. Like, I will try to write Oscar, but I'm not sure, like, if they will find <laughs> me, you know. And then in the beginning, I was like, no, that's not going to happen. Don't make a fool out of you, you know. Like, <laughs> it's Augsburg and, yeah, nobody will re- respond to you. And then I wrote an email. I was like, hi, this is Sede from <laughs> Augsburg. And... Um, I sent the email and really like literally two hours later, the agent, which is my agent now also, (laughs) responded to me like, she was like, oh, this uh, sounds really nice. And I like really the idea of your project. I'm going to talk to Tamazumo. We'll see if we can make it happen, if she's free and blah, blah, blah. I was like so shocked. (laughs) What what the hell? This gave me like so much. This email was really, this this really happened right now. (laughs) And then I really had Tamazumo at City Club Augsburg, which was like one one of my first bigger bookings. And I was so happy. It was such a nice night. And she had also like a very good time. She came like with five friends from above. It was like really, really cool. And this gave me so much energy. Not confidence, but uh, it was like, okay, if you like believe in something and if you give it some tries, then it really can work it has to be good it has to be something that uh, you're also representing maybe in a way which gives the other people also like a bit of trust because Mm -hmm. nobody knows Augsburg in a way and you know so I was super happy amazing do you want to tell me a bit about the maybe the story or the philosophy behind this event what can you tell me about the story that you're trying to build with Hamam Nights and maybe how it kind of manifests itself at, at your parties. Yeah, actually, I have Turkish roots, so I always wanted to like uh, bring my Turkish roots up and bringing cultures together because I grew up with a lot of cultures and there there is always like a bridge between cultures. But if you get all the good parts of it, it's so nice that you can learn so many things and it's such a joy to to learn also things from other cultures. And I was like, okay, maybe it's a thing like, you know, to just like put some Turkish influences and like Balkan influences and something like that. The biggest point was also about diversity, queerness and like giving people like a a space where they can like express themselves, where they can be free in a way, where where they can feel uh, safer. Mm -hmm. Because the definition of safe space is like sometimes a bit 
because everywhere can ha happen something also at Hammam. So I cannot say that it's like a safe space, but it's a mm -hmm. safe space, of course. And we tried like to, to do all the best for, for our guests that they feel comfortable and safe. And yeah, these were, were like the, the most um, important toppings that we unite. Uh, a lot of cultures and uh, sexualities and everything like mixed and that we are one on the dance floor. So why is it important for you to make an event that has that sort of meaning behind it? Because like, arguably it would be easier to just make a party, especially I think in a smaller town where maybe people are a bit more... Maybe more conservative. Yeah. <laughs> that is like not so easy, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't need... Uh, a boring party or a party without sense i think it's the most important thing is like a vision and like a message mm -hmm. you run a party because i think we we need to contribute something to the scene mm. when we are talking about club culture it's not about only going out drinking alcohol and like having fun and meeting your friends it's also a really important space for all of us mm -hmm. where we can let go where we can express ourselves where we can be different, where we can relax also, even if we are like dancing all the time, it's also getting your stress away. So it's like really essential. And I also wish that the governments would see that, that uh, club culture is so fucking important. Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like really sad that they, it's not like so important to them. It's like, you know, ah, yeah, the clubs and it's fine. And we have like so many rules like here in Bavaria, they're like so unnecessary, but this is so important. If you have like six days a week full of work, it's so important that you can go out and that, that you can meet people, that you can be in a space where you feel like comfortable and that you... Totally. And you know what? During the pandemic, there was a lot of talk of like, you know, what is considered an essential service and what is not. And I think a lot of art institutions got like government funding in order to help them through the pandemic, whereas clubs didn't get anything. And I think it's quite unfair because it's the same sort of value that you get when you go to an art show is the same value that you get if you go to a club night, I think, for a lot of people. Totally. Just to go back to what you were talking about, about um, making an event with a message, was it scary or like, did it make you sort of nervous to go ahead with that? Because I read, for example, that when you played your first ever DJ sets as like a really young 16 year old in a city like Augsburg, where you live and also are from, you said you felt like people really evaluated you a lot more because there were so few female DJs. And like, I wonder if that was maybe the same for hammam nights because you know there, there were so few nights like yours so maybe people were observing it or scrutinizing you a lot more if that makes sense i was like before i was running hammam i was thinking about that so <laughs> i didn't want that so mm -hmm. that's why i created an instagram account and also my friends didn't know who is hammam nights I mm -hmm. tell them i just followed me and then i followed my friends and i put <laughs> cool pictures also the instagram account is like funny in a way but it's more deeper if you look at the pictures if you look twice there is more than just the first side i was tricking the crowd a bit because i like was posting all the time there's a new party there's a new party and so they didn't know who it is so i just put myself behind and nobody knew that it's a girl but they saw it's a pink party and it's like Okay, it's a city club and it's a, tech, a techno club. They were curious, 
And it was like also funny with the account because uh, I tried to like trick, like um, get the attention also with the pictures and with the meanings and with the story behind it. And it was like good to start with that first. I did it mm. uh, before I started my nights. Like a year ago, I started this account and um, then it was easier to me to not being um, judged as a woman maybe. And the people were like so hyped afterwards because it kept on going and they were like, oh my God, this looks so cool and da da da. So that in the end, when they no knew who it was, it was like, oh, oh my God, this is even more cool. <laughs> and so what about in terms of running a queer party? Has there been challenges in that sense at all? Like, have you felt any kind of, I don't know, maybe resistance or maybe just kind of hesitation from people around you or from the community around you? No, totally not. Like we have like a... I would say we have a cool and also big community here. Mm -hmm. We don't have the right parties and that's, uh, that's why I started it. So mm. like um, the party is for everybody, like everybody can come and it's also like uh, gay, queer, not sure. So it's mm -hmm. like, uh, also nice to have like also the curious people who want to be on a different party. Yeah. And it's like all, always like very respectful and we have the rules and everything like the people know what kind of party it is and it helps us a lot that I try to make everybody aware what we are like representing. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a bit about the kind of experiences that people have had at your party or maybe um, something that somebody has shared with you about feeling impacted or feeling helped or healed by the events that you're putting on? I mean I have like We have a curfew in Bavaria, so at five o'clock the club has to close. Okay. And um, every time the last track is on and the lights are on, this feeling, nobody can give me this feeling. It's like, for me, the best feeling of the night. I'm touring a lot and I have a lot of great gigs and a lot of special and emotional nights. But when I'm here in my hometown, it gives so much to me. Then I know why I'm doing it, why I'm putting a lot of work on it and why I'm still running it because now I can like just DJ, it's fine. But mm -hmm. I still want to run my parties and I'm running them. So it's like, I cannot believe not running my parties and I even want to run more parties. <laughs> People that are coming after the sets, they are like so humble and like they are so happy and they thankful and there is a, like a big... Uh, hammam community so mm -hmm. playing this year at festivals i had a lot of how do you say the um, signs with like habibi habibti <laughs> hammam at augsburg like, <laughs> and the, like the Met melt festival or like also at nation it was like so oh, i love that like my habibis and habibtis coming to the festivals <laughs> and representing with the shirts and so nice yeah
Earlier you talked a little bit about freedom, um, just like having the freedom to kind of be in, in any sort of space. In somewhere like Berlin, there's a lot of spaces and events for queer people and also just people who are maybe a bit different. And I wonder if you think that Hamam Nights helps to kind of alleviate some of that feeling of being watched or observed, you know, how we we're talking about when you first started DJing and you felt very scrutinized. Um, are you trying to create the kind of space where people can be a bit more free? Yeah, totally. I mean, that's the most important thing to be honest, also, like it's, I mean, if the if we cannot be on, free on the dance floor, then it's it's not right. So, and it's, that's the point where it's like so important to think about everything, about little details. Without these little details, you cannot create this special environment. So it's like a special energy you have to give, but mm. it's also a special energy that you receive in a way. Being free is the key word, I, I would say, for, for all the parties to be like that. I mean, I'm thinking of somewhere like Burkheim Panorama Bar, where you've also recently become a resident. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think freedom is definitely a really big factor there. Would you say that freedom is sort of one of these key ingredients to creating a safe space, as you mentioned earlier? It's necessary if you're like anxious of some something or you you're not say you feel don't feel safe then it's it's not a thing like it's it's not go going to be a safer space if you you have any any anxieties or if there is something that uh, bothers you or if there are people that are like observing you or so it's like super super important to create it and to think about a lo lot of things and to make it happen that it's a safer space and that the people can be free you're also helping to foster that kind of environment with the project that I think you started during the pandemic called Lessons in the Club. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, I uh, started this project uh, while pandemic, that's true, but we didn't start doing the lessons yet. So it's like a project which will be in winter. We will see. We are waiting for some for the government also to help us a bit because it's going to be a more bigger thing. But I was thinking about giving DJ lessons, producing lessons, lessons how to promote a party. I want to see more women and queer people in the promoter uh, side because mm -hmm. we still have a lot of male bookers and promoters. So it's really essential. I mean, after pandemic, a lot of changed, which I'm really happy about it. But like in Augsburg and like here around, there can be more that we can encourage people to dive into electronic music scene or the music scene in general like it mm. doesn't have to be electronic music just you know giving them a bit some tips confidence to show them that it, everything's possible like i just started with nothing and uh <laughs> and now look at me <laughs> yeah, like sometimes i when i look back i don't know how this really all happened I mean, it sounds like you're making the kind of thing that you would have needed or wanted when you were first starting out yeah so what kind of lessons or teachings are you going to offer with this project that are maybe specific to living in a smaller city like Augsburg? Is there certain challenges that you grapple with that you want to pass on lessons about to people that you're going to be teaching? Yeah, it's, uh, there will be lessons about like club culture, about like um, history of music, topics that, that are in my mind that that we need also in, in our society that we always talk about, but nobody knows about them. Awareness projects where we can do better, where we have to be like aware of things where we can work on. So there's a lot, a lot to do still, and we have to work on it. And I think it's essential to, 
to give um, people also a platform or the opportunity to, 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 to join also in this project so people can apply then for like maybe joining the team or joining the DJ lesson, learning DJing and being a DJ teacher or like a teaching mm -hmm. next lessons or something like that. It's, it's a wide range and field also with the, with the con conversations. I want to invite like also people for the talks mm -hmm. that we have like a, a discussion in the club. It's, but it's not a really big topic and like I started it in pandemic and we are still working on it. So I still need a bit time to really know how we will start that so that mm -hmm. every topic has its space in a way so there's a lot ongoing also with the touring and sometimes it's a bit like you know. <laughs> yeah i understand i can imagine though that it it's going to feel really amazing to like help foster this community in the place where you were raised yeah oxford is a beautiful city and like the people are also nice so it's like so cool also to see that the people are accepting it and they really like enjoying it and they're like interested. It's not like I have to like uh, really push the people, mm -hmm. but they're like curious also and they really enjoy it. So it's nice to see that it, it works, you know, if, you, if you're like delivering something, then the people are really into it and they want to like see it or they want to even try it like and, and mm -hmm. try something new. That's what I really appreciate about Augsburg. It's not that I... I don't know if people are coming or not. Mm. I know that they, they're also curious. And with this, like, Hammam Nights, we had a few other parties in the club where I saw that the club also, like, tried to do something different mm. with a different concept and different bookings and stuff, which I really appreciated. And I, you can learn every time you can learn something from others. And it's, like, nice to see that the, the people, like, try to work on their nights mm -hmm. and try be like okay like more female djs it's becoming a bigger topic and i also really appreciate it because it's like nice to see that they also think about the, their projects because you know nobody's perfect for some people it's not oh yeah it's like i didn't thought about it because it doesn't hurt them i think you should always give them also a chance to read um, evaluate, evaluate yeah. themselves to contribute also something different to i'm happy about that Yeah, I mean, it's nice that it's nice that you're seeing that change, though. I think yes, yeah. very positive. I think especially also after pandemic, there has changed a lot, which I'm like really happy about. So, mm -hmm. I think like 10 years ago when I started, it was like <laughs> we didn't even talk about these topics yeah. because it was like that, you know, and um, nobody cared. So what else can you tell me about living in Augsburg? Are there certain parts of your job as a DJ or a promoter that challenge you and that you have to adjust because you live outside of a music capital? I mean, for me, I'm, I still live here. So I'm really happy when I come back. It's like calm. Mm. There is a club. I go there. I see my friends. It's really nice. Um, the only thing which I want to work on is thing with the city because it's still Bavaria and I, as I said it's like very strict so we have the curfew uh -huh. like the next goal is to <laughs> get this curfew out of this city yeah and the curfew starts at five look we have like usually party till 5 a.m in the morning then we have everybody has to go out for an hour it's like just one hour wow it's six <laughs> and then we can do an after hour so the people are going outside they're waiting outside for an hour doesn't make no sense and they're waiting and after an hour they come back to mm -hmm. the club so this is like a goal where i also wanted to 
work also more with the not with the government but like with the city i think like in berlin there's like much more appreciation for club culture mm -hmm. you know here it's like oh clubs you know we don't have no money for clubs you know they have money for everything but for us if you want to do an open air or something like that it's not possible right. they do everything that you cannot do this open air no it's too loud you can you have to quit at 10 in summer if i quit at 10 p.m the people come at 10 p.m for an festival you know what i mean yeah. so these are also like key factors where i want to really work on and that can maybe be fixed i want more appreciation and more support from them also like mm. money wise that they like support the, all the clubs not only our parties or our club here the city club club culture in general that it's like it's essential that needs more attention and um, i would be happy if if we get this attention. Does that impact your creativity at all or even just your motivation to make parties? Yeah, it forces me. It forces me to run more and I see potential and it, it, it gives me more that I uh, give more energy to my projects and to talk about it and to like um, get the attention and I have like the city knows what I'm doing here, which is really nice. And I think we're gonna, mm -hmm. we are in a good way to um, change something let's see hopefully i can come with good news in the future i just want to do something i want to do something for the club culture i want to contribute something i just don't want to run parties to run parties you know i just i need changes i need appreciation and i think we're on a good way let's see and what about in terms of your creativity as a producer? I know that you just put out your first EP, I guess it was yeah. last year, uh, Fantasy Zone. So I, you also talked about in an interview recently that making music has become a bit of a therapy for you. Um, can you speak a bit about that? To be honest, pandemic was like a really a big point that I was going to the studio more frequently. So I was always producing, but I like started tracks. I was almost finishing them, but didn't finish. Like I finished a lot of projects and wasn't happy or was like, ah, maybe I need to do something different. And then there is like, again, the touring on the weekend. And then you had a lot of different things to do. So it was always like a going in and out and nothing specific. And while pandemic, I really had the time to just focus on my EP. I really also enjoyed, I mean, I didn't enjoy the pandemic in general. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed really the hours in the studio. Mm -hmm. I got up, I went to the studio, I was working like 10 hours. Even if it was just a loop, I really like also practiced on my skills and I sharped them in the studio, mm -hmm. which was like really helpful. And then I was happy with my tracks in the end. I, I did a lot of tracks and then in the end I didn't, I couldn't choose which one to take. <laughs> but it was like really, really nice uh, to have the time also to just have no other obligations but being in studio and creating. And this is like also what I'm talking about freedom in a way. Mm. We weren't free in pandemic, <laughs> but this um, time that we have, something that yeah. was also special. You had just like 10 hours in the studio and you could do whatever you mm. wanted. Super nice also. So there were also like positive things and the positive thing was my EP in the end, which I'm really happy about. And <laughs> now with the touring, I'm again, lesser in the studio. Also in summer, it's like, it's like really busy at the moment. So I'm trying to go when I have the time. 
because I have here like, mm -hmm. also family and friends. I want to see them. It's like also in summer, it's a, bit, a, a kind of a different mood in the studio for me. Only the, the producer, because I'm, I come from DJing and I did producing afterwards. So I'm looking forward for winter because winter is again a time where you can like calm a bit down. It's getting cold yeah. and you can be in the studio and doing some beats. So let's see what when the next EP is on. <laughs> Earlier we were talking about how um, putting on this event and really feeling the benefits of it and feeling like you're giving something to your community. You said that that was really motivating for you. And I can imagine that it's sort of the same way with music. You know, when you start making something and you're really liking it and you're and it's making you feel like you're happy. It's also really inspiring for you to want to do the next thing. It kind of nurtures your creativity in sort of a cyclical way. Totally. I mean, the response with this EP was like immense. There, I still receive messages if we do a repress we, because we did a smaller amount of this EP and everybody's asking for it was sold out within two days or something. Like it was really, <laughs> amazing, really good. And yeah, I was like super happy to see also, all the DJs playing my tracks, and I was like, "Oh my God, my God. at a festival!" And I was dancing, and then somehow my I just heard the kick and the hi hat from my tech, and I was like, "This is my track. <laughs> is this real?" Like I'm playing my track, you know. Oh, I was like amazing. super motivating, also yes, to to see that the people enjoy it, that they're asking for it, that they. Uh, give you positive responses and yeah that all also like pushes me for the next EP I already started doing some tracks and mm -hmm. I do I, I want I want to be it special so I take my time and it has to be done and I have to have this feeling which I had in pandemic with my fantasy zone and I think it's also this feeling that you have inside yeah that's it mm. I guess that Things like traveling and gigging and experiencing other people's parties and events that kind of share that same mindset as your events, that must also be great to kind of bring back home with you and like let it fuel your creativity. Totally. Um, do you have any recent experiences like that? I mean, there are a lot of parties. A lot of recently, I was at Marika's party from Barcelona. Mm -hmm. The party in Berlin, amazing. I love the girls. Like, it's like such a vibe. I mean, Malajunta. Uh, then in London, Adonis, it's one of my favorite parties. There are like so many cool collectives, queer collectives that I really also like adore and admire because they are like doing such a great work, also such a important work. And it gives me really good energy and good fuel that I can use it for my, for my own party again. You know, it, it fills you with joy mm. also to be on another party and to see also them flourish and to see like, yeah, that's it. That's how it should be. That's club culture. That's, you know, that that's mm -hmm. what we want. And it's like so nice to see that we have a lot of parties of that. Mm -hmm. But it can be more. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, do you hope that people are leaving your parties and feeling that same sense of like energy and drive and motivation? I hope so. I cannot <laughs> tell you, but I hope. <laughs> Um, but I can imagine that all of this sort of traveling and making connections and hearing music in other clubs and also hearing your music in other clubs, all of that must surely have like a big role in your creativity. Totally. Education. It's always education. It's like every detail. That's why I say like little details is the caption. Like in everything, you can like get a feeling, you can get an energy even though you're drinking a coffee somewhere and you see 
people walking by it's like really essential and that's also like with seeing other djs play that's why i also love to like go when i'm also touring i try to be like one hour before there to catch the other dj also locals to mm. maybe discover some somebody because i also uh, usually i also book smaller djs to just give them a a space or like a spot to play and you know it's uh, about music also like if you're like a fire dj why shouldn't i book you mm. and it's like always um nice to see that or discover new djs or new music or new events so we i'm totally open and i'm like really also looking for it to see something new and to bring them maybe to augsburg yeah do you get that same sense of like feeling inspired when you come home back to Augsburg like when you're out at a gig and you feel really inspired by you know all the people that you've met and the music that you've heard do you then come home and also feel that same way just being back in the place where you live I mean for sure it's something different because like if you're at the party if like the party is going on it's another vibe but it's also a vibe if you come here and you're like we go into the cafe here and we see us my friends so it's it's something different but it's also like inspiring totally it's not only about parties yeah mm -hmm. yeah i mean for me like i'm such a home homebody type of person that like yeah. no matter how much i enjoy going out and traveling and going to parties elsewhere there's something that's really comforting for me about like my own space and like coming home yeah <laughs> <So> i'm here <laughs> actually uh on wednesday we have the next hammam nights Uh, which is uh, a special one because I the last time I did, uh, I think, almost two months before. Yeah, so it's been a while. And the people really are asking. And as I'm touring since summer, I'm touring a lot. And the, I can see my friends. They're like, oh, when are you playing here? We want to see you. <laughs> and yeah, we um, have a special night on Wednesdays in our club. It's called Hanging in the Club. It's a night where you like just go, you you have no entry. It's like just um, you mm -hmm. can put some pennies into the box and you can go inside. And it's also like the DJs get almost no fee or something like that. It's the best party of the week. There's no club open in the town. So it's like fire. we're gonna have a hammam night with some special guests with DHC, Ferrari Road. It's gonna be amazing and we are really looking forward. You've been listening to Sedef Adasi for Air Podcast, episode 48. We'll be back on the last Wednesday of every month, so check back in September for another episode. Again, you can follow us on Instagram at, at underscore air podcast or visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash air podcast. Thanks for listening.